This is VH Snack. Yo, what's up, everybody? And we're back in the VH saddle from a small room. But, you know, we're here. We're VH snacking in the spook shit. Yeah, it's uh, been a while since we put out a new episode, but we are back and we have a real treat for you. Our first guest ever, Sean Beard, the That's Beavis VH and Sean Beard, VH Sean Beard, the Beavis and Butthead collector himself. Yeah, that's me. Hey, hey, thanks, guys. I am honored. I really am. I said it yeah. before we started, but I feel more genuine saying it now that it's pre- recorded. Uh- <laughs> It feels very VH sincere, so we're we're really with it, dude. Thank you. Yeah, I'm dude. feeling For VH sure. super califragilistic expialidocious today. Yeah, you texted that out through one of our our texting conversations, and I was yeah, really I impressed. It really is. No one thought of that one. No, I think you're the first one, dude. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Cool, yeah. I didn't so. use spell check either. I was just did, like, did you spell that out out of memory, or do you have it like saved in your phone somewhere, and you just well, bust I that just, out? I, I kind of just. It might not have been spelled correctly. I kind of is there a correct spelling for that? Even you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I looked at it and I knew what it was, so I thought it was perfect. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I'm not right. Right. I'm not gonna you know our literary on that. Parents would have approved. Um. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, today uh, we are of course talking about Beavis and Butthead. Do America. I mean, Woo. this is this is the first time. Well, Beavis and Butthead did make an appearance on the Airheads episode. Oh, yeah, their cameo, yes, of course. Yeah, um, yeah. They are also in, uh, well, kind of in Austin Powers and Clueless. That's true. Yeah, I forgot about Austin Powers. That's kind of a good scene in Austin Powers too, because it's like the the intercom where he's asking for the million dollars and he goes to switch the channel and it just goes to beavis and butthead and they're talking about like boobs that's um, right and clueless i almost shouldn't even count it but in the living room the brother is watching the great cornholio episode that's true stuck out to me i have all the movies there and is that all of them i feel like we might be forgetting one yeah no, this is an much, interesting topic it. Are, the, yeah. are those those are the only known cameos yeah that and um I have some other ones like they were in an episode of the head. So I have like a tape of that. And there was also uh, two appearances on Arthur. <laughs> oh, wow. That weren't, weren't official, but I mean, uh, yeah. So I, I have wow. stuff like that, but as far as official appearances, yeah. Clueless airheads is really the one. And then Austin powers. Cause the airheads, they actually recorded dialogue for the movie. You know, the yeah. other like clips or whatever. You guys suck. Yeah, yeah. They say that, like we saw you down at some bar last week. <laughs> the wheel well or whatever. Yeah, yeah the name of the bar is perfect. Is yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a good one. Um, <laughs> so Phil, when when did you, when did you see this movie? Like where did where did it come from oh, for you? Man. And- um I well, I must have been ten years old and I I followed all the promotional stuff leading up to it, and mm-hmm. I was really stoked. I don't think I got to see it in theaters because, you know, I was like 10 or 11, but I eventually saw it, and I've, I've watched it numerous times. I mean, it's just a, 
a good comfort movie. How about yourself? Uh, well, I was also 11, 10, 11 years old when it came out in theaters and I wasn't going to the theater. Right. But mm-hmm. I remember when it came out, all me and all my friends were like super duper excited. And I don't know when it came out on video. I should have looked that up. But as soon as it came out on rental, like we were there, dude, like we were at, we were at the damn video store renting yeah. Beavis and Butthead, you know, getting late fees on it. Like, yeah, I don't know. I would hang out with my friend Billy and my friend Jason and we would just like watch, you know, tons of inappropriate stuff like Beavis and Butthead. But the one memory I really, really have of this movie is like going down to Wildwood, New Jersey in 96, 97, like right after it came out. And there was so much bootleg Beavis and Butthead shirts everywhere. Like it was the entire freaking boardwalk was like Beavis and Butthead bootleg merchandise and were, like, they the, uh, were they like bootlegs where it looked like real shirts or was it the ones where they were like killing barney and stuff because those ones are freaking <laughs> awesome that like both both like, dude oh they were both yeah yeah I, they I had the whole gamut bootlegs because i remember going to like the i grew up in a small town so like the county fair and there would be all these just like really like you know jamaican butthead and all this random stuff and i yeah. love it of course the Simpsons had that immensely a few years prior, but um, I feel like South Park didn't get that treatment as much as Simpsons and Beavis and Butthead when it came to the bootleg shirts, man. Those were everywhere. Oh, dude, it was so cool. And and we yeah. talk about like the fairs and the circus, like when yeah. you went to like the, the gaming Ooh. things, like they would the games and shit, like they had the Beavis and Butthead dolls and they were my favorite stuffed animals for so many years, dude. They were like on the center of my bed. You know, yeah, when I was like 10, 11 years old. So super stoked. Yeah, I think you probably right. have them. Yeah. I, oh, yeah, of course. But uh, I know which ones you got. Were they the pull string or were they just normal? They were just normal. They were yeah, just normal. Yeah. Like, and they had like the floppy legs and the floppy yeah, arms. And, oh, yeah, yeah. The stall and death rock shirt. You know, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So you said good. Barney. You said Barney where they're killing Barney. One part in this movie that I love is when they're growing up, like that scene when they're growing oh. up on the couch and he's wearing a freaking Barney shirt. Like I just noticed oh, that today. Wow. And I was like, that's, that's ridiculous. It's so cute. And, and in yeah. a very early episode, they're watching Barney. It's actually a band scene because Barney's like taking a cake out of the oven and he catches on fire. And of course, Beavis set his fire. That's one of those almost lost scenes that was found eventually. Uh, oh, but yeah, there, yeah. Was a, there was a Barney reference in the show as well. <laughs> Yeah. So what about you? Like when this movie came out, like what, what was it like for you? Uh, I was nine when it came out. I was born in 87. So I, I started watching, I was five and I was super fucking obsessed. So I remember when the movie came out, all the trip, I was following all that too. And MTV really promoted the hell out of it. Uh, and I had, I have family in Michigan. I remember we were visiting that December because it came out in December of 96 December twentieth. There you go. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And my uncle took me, who was probably around our age now back then, and it was just us and this old couple sitting behind us, which reminded me of the old couple on the plane as I'm watching the movie. They they're just like that, but they they seem to really like the movie. They laughed at more of the wholesome stuff, which I argue there's a lot of wholesome stuff in Beavis and Butthead, but you know. Uh, and that was great. And I remember us leaving the theater and my uncle being like, I should not have taken you to see that movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, jump forward a few years later, the South Park movie came out and I was in Michigan for that. And my uncle took me and I remember we're leaving that. And he like reiterated back. He's like, I really shouldn't have taken you to see that movie. 
<laughs> no lesson learned then, huh? That's yeah, right. yeah, but the well, soccer so game cool. really is vul- the Beavis and Butthead is, by today's standards, especially it's kind of it's it's really cute. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that that was that was my experience. I only got to see it in theaters once, and then um, for the twentieth anniversary, I rented out a theater and and, and uh, hell yeah. Know, that's cool yeah 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 yeah. speaking of the promo stuff that mtv was doing so last night i kind of went on this youtube binge of like all these old promos that people had uploaded um of just all the mtv commercials and stuff yeah i I watched the uh the david letterman appearance have you ever seen that when they went on letterman i can't remember it but i know that they did it it would always roger rabbit them into interviews like that too which was awesome yeah, it was kind of impressive because Very. Dave actually shakes Butthead's hand at one he point. Did. They like come and sit on the seats and they're interacting. A, it's that was his uh that's his favorite show. It's also the guy from the original Star Trek's favorite show. Um Leonard Nimoy, he's from the original Star Trek. Okay. Right? He actually loves Le- and Butthead too. Um we don't get along. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, but really, he he is actually a huge fan and stuff. But yeah, that Letterman interview is is, is amazing. Letterman voices Butthead's dad in the movie. Did you guys know that? Yeah, yeah I just yeah. learned that, and I was like, holy shit! And yeah. his uh, his he uses the fake name of the uncle that he makes fun of all the time on the show, or something like that. Uncle something on the show. Like on his show, he makes fun of his drunk uncle where like the turkey is like, here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Like, oh, that is that part? how he was like in the credits? Is that how he's yeah. credited for? Yeah. Interesting. No, I I never yeah. actually noticed that, to be honest. Yeah, pretty yeah cool, it's, it's, man. it's pretty weird. Yeah. And, and um, you know, just to disguise it or whatever. Also, Robert Stack. I read Robert Stack was like really embarrassed to be a part of this movie at first and yeah. didn't want his name in any of the promotion or something. Yeah. And yeah. There's an interview. I have a tape that's a lot of behind the scenes footage. It's not anything that's on DVD or anything. And Robert Stack is very much like, I read the script and every line I'm talking about a cavity search. <laughs> <laughs> Deep and hard. Yeah. Which is what, those are, that's a string of my favorite moments. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk about some of our favorite moments soon. But, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, don't stop till you reach the back of his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> That mental image when I was a kid, I was like, "Holy crap!" Yeah. So, Sean, are you stoked on the Blu-ray release that's coming out next month? I just learned about this. Yeah, for the it's not going to have anything more than I do on all the tapes I've and whatnot. They really, uh, I'm just excited that it has new cover art. I I don't even have a DVD player or anything. So, so this isn't out on Blu-ray yet. No, it has never been released on Blu-ray. Wow. Even for the 20th anniversary, it didn't get a release. And I remember thinking that was so odd. But I think it was all waiting for the moment. Because the show is coming back and there's a new movie coming out. And so yeah. now I think is when they decide to do it just to hype promotion. And You'll notice people are uploading full episodes on YouTube all of a sudden. They've never yeah. been able to get away with that. And I think it's Viacom's strategy of letting a new generation discover it through YouTube by letting people upload it illegally for a little bit and whatnot. So yeah, I'm excited for it. Of course I'll get it. I have to have everything. We're fucking completist, but I, I, I'll probably never actually watch it unless someone tells me there's something on there that I've never seen. And I doubt it. I think I read that there's a new feature all about the, uh, the trip out scene in the desert. There's like a new, 
feature going into detail about how they did that. And maybe that's exclusive or I don't know. Maybe I just missed. I don't think I've ever seen that. So that would be amazing. If that's true, then I am really excited. I mean, I've, I've got a few things that I got a few things that I can't even admit to having and stuff, but I I don't have that. So. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Very VH secretive over here with, (laughs) with, with your, with your items, dog. So cavity search. Yeah. Cavity search. Yeah. yeah deep and hard. <laughs> and of course you're drinking Fago on brand. Love it. Red pop. Yeah. Yeah, man. You with know. the ICP so, shirt. So I'm not a poser. No pose. No pose. <laughs> just get, get that. Only posers die, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> whoever whoever made Fago has to be so thankful of ICP. They probably I think they like, are, but they never admit it. Yeah, I I've heard that they have like some secret line to ICP. Like they have like direct manufacturing or something. I don't yeah, know. They pretty much have whole shipping trucks going directly. They to have the, to like, with them and what? Yeah, because I've gone to shows in Detroit and whatnot, and pretty much Fago will just drive down the fucking street and deliver to the event. Hilarious, yeah. They're probably <laughs> keeping them in business. <laughs> so, one more question about the ICP Fago connection. So, yeah, you know, I'm I'm I like ICP, I was a fan when I was in grade school, things like that. I'm not as you know as hardcore as you, obviously, but um, so you're telling me that Fago and ICP don't have any like signature flavors or collaborations? No, uh, this is you, a mistake. If you, if you guys have never watched the uh, have it right next to me. No, uh, the insane clown posse shockumentary. Please uh-huh. watch it because they okay. go into they interview someone from Fago, and Fago's like, We are a family business, we appreciate their business, and beyond that, we have no comment. Yeah, yeah, so, understood. <laughs> boundaries, okay, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, I think they said that they get a Christmas card every year from them or something in it. So, wow, that's, that's awesome. It's kind of that's a little nice. wink wink. They're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we we can't publicly talk about it, but thank you. You're on our you're on our Christmas and thing. keeping us relevant. Yeah, <laughs> Here's a Christmas totally. card. <laughs> yeah, I, I find ICP very fascinating. I can't say I'm yeah. like I drive around my car and listen to their music, but just from a business standpoint in the yeah, culture the great, that they've the, created, I, I totally have mad respect for those guys. They're self-made. So. They're fucking when it comes to self-made punk, they're, they're kind of more punk than any band that sounds punk. Fucking I mean, their own label and we're like, yeah. let's have all of our artists dressed like wrestlers because we like wrestling. They did it their fucking way, as stupid as it is. They did yeah. it their way. Yeah. Gotta respect that, man. Yeah, Can't no hate them. Yeah, well, dare to be stupid, dude. Fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so moments in this movie. Yeah, where do um, we start? Well, you know what, Sean? You, you are our guest. How about you give us like your favorite moments? What are the the highlights of this? It could be oh. a small moment, could be a big moment, could be. Well, I don't want to go right to the end of the movie. So hey, that's good. okay. We kind of jump all over the place with these episodes. Yeah, if we go to the end of the movie, we can just press rewind and get back to where we were. You know, that's, <laughs> that's right. True, man. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> I mean, the end of the movie really does. I I cry every time. I cried today because I had to watch it before this thing. There's something so. There's something really ironically beautiful about when the president is telling them that they are a bright future of America, <laughs> you know, and everything's just kind of misconstrued. But because you love them so much, you're kind of happy for them that they're misunderstood in a good way for a minute. 
<laughs> okay. I've never and, uh, thought of it that way, but that's and, uh, yeah. yeah. I'm really weird when it comes to this show, by the way. And, mm-hmm. and uh, when they find that TV, I break every time. It's just so beautiful. You can tell the TV's busted, but they're, <laughs> they're yeah. just so, they're, they're just so stoked to see it. And it, it kind of just represents like, like these two boys, they, you know, they think they want to be everything. They glamorize on TV. They want to get chicks, you know, and, and all that stuff. But in reality, they just need each other in TV. And uh, there's something really wholesome and innocent and beautiful about it. I see a lot of beauty in Beavis and Butthead. And, and that movie, it's like the most perfect ending, them walking into the sunset with the only thing they need in each other. And so That's, that's very sweet. Always hits me. It's cool, dude. I love that. I love that perspective, you know, because I don't think a lot of people pull that. But with your passion and like what you think about yeah. with this, how it connects with you, I think that's awesome, you know. And what it just made me think of is maybe the TV is a third character nobody thinks about. Like it's part of the trio because it's what brings them together, right? Because if you look at like the lines, it's like they're both looking at the TV and like it's like a triangle, right? Instead of a duo. Yeah. So, like, um, their personalities in the episodes are different from their music video commentary, as I'm sure most of us right. know. They're almost smarter when they're watching music videos because they're so quick-witted. But it's almost these are two kids with basically no parents. I mean, I know that it's Butthead's mom's house, and both of their moms are sluts, so they're never around. But you can pretty much assume that they're really never around. <laughs> And it, it, it's the greatest commentary on the 90s is that all of us were being raised by TV. And look at us now. We're a bunch of fucking nostalgia whores. Um, yeah. <laughs> and Beavis and Butthead were almost the epitome of it. Anytime Beavis says something kind of wise and you're like, how do you think of that? You could probably assume he's quoting some infomercial he saw at two in the morning. You know, it's just the little things sinking in. So, yeah, the TV is the character because it's almost like what gave them their dynamic you know, is that yeah. they have to sit there and both agree that what they are watching sucks, but they are enjoying saying that it sucks. Yeah, I mean, it's their connective tissue, right? Like it's it's <laughs> yeah. it's what it's. I'm yeah. loving this philosophical breakdown of Beavis and Butthead. This is great. <laughs> like I, I'm We're going watch... deep and hard. Phil. Yeah, deep and hard. <laughs> I'm gonna watch <laughs> this. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to the back of the teeth on this episode. <laughs> But yeah, that's uh cool on your pants. That is, it is a, a really good moment in the movie when they're walking into the sunset carrying the TV. He's like <laughs> and he he's like, I'm gonna stop at Anderson's tool shed. <laughs> I, gotta, I, gotta, I, need a, I need a couple minutes. <laughs> Can we talk about how Anderson gets put through the fucking ringer on this movie? I mean uh, my man is still in jail, dog. He's still I in jail. I didn't realize till like two years ago. Um Anderson dies like four times in the movie, if you think about it. And and, and his trailer yeah. gets demolished. I mean, it literally, what is it? Uh, where where are they? Where the water fucking hits the uh, oh yeah, the uh, goddamn uh, yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh, I never noticed it, and they do it in such a good way that I don't think anyone's really ever noticed it. But the camper is always all of a sudden better when Tom Anderson shows up into the movie again. Uh, he definitely should have died at the dam. That's for See, sure. Yeah. See, what I always think, what it makes me think is that Tom Anderson loves that damn camper so much that he's willing to bring it back from the fucking dead. You know what I, I mean? Think, like, this is wrecked. So. I think he keeps buying you know? a new one, too, because Beavis and Butthead is grounded <laughs> in reality. 
that's what makes all the slapstick work so good in a cartoon is that they show that it hurts. Like they can die in this cartoon. Kind of, you kind of get that feeling from it. You want to get that from the Simpsons, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, Beavis about a King of the Hill kind of both really grounded in reality. Uh, Nothing cartoony necessarily happens. I would say. That's true. Yeah. To an extent. Beavis a little more than King of the Hill. King of the Hill almost not at all. It could really just be actors and you'd get the same thing, kind of. Yeah, nobody like gets an anvil dropped on their head or something. No. Uh, I mean, yeah. Survives the plane where she jumps out of the plane, but you people have done that. So Yeah, you know. true. <laughs> so other moments for you, Sean. What do you got? Oh my god, dude. I mean the the I mean, let's just jump right to the plane scene because it's perfect with Cloris Leachman there. I mean, it, it really it is. is. Anybody I've ever shown that movie to, when you run into them like a year later and they bring it up, they're like, and the sluts. Everyone fucking yeah. had it. it is. I was too young to actually get that joke when I saw it in theaters. I did not get it. I, I did. I got that he was saying sluts. I didn't know what slots were. I didn't get the casino. Oh, okay. But I was, just, I just still just hit that it was funny because he's fucking Beavis and he's so cute and nice to that lady. <laughs> I like that Beavis is kind of nice, <laughs> you know. He's yeah. got a charm to him, um, whether he's faking it or not. <laughs> I mean, is that like like a kind of innocence because he doesn't have any like malevolent or like you know ill will or whatever? He's just like an idiot. Yeah. You know? Butthead kind of does, though. I would say because I would compare. Butthead's a bit of a bully. Yeah, he's well, a bully. especially because Beavis is technically smarter than Butthead, but Butthead never gives him the chance to be because if he ever outwits him, Butthead will just smack the living bejesus out of him and just take him <laughs> back down a notch. There, there's really a domestic relationship in their dynamic in a lot of ways. Uh, only it's two teenage boys, so it's easy to just be like, "Oh, that's funny. Boys will be boys," type thing. But you know, these guys are never going to find anybody. I mean, they really are. You, you, there's almost something comforting about that. Beavis about I kind of compare it. They're never going to score. They're never going to get girls, just like Charlie Brown's never going to kick the football because as soon as he does, it's fucking ruined. Yeah, so. it kind of – yeah. I mean, I think that's really interesting because I would love to see the female counterparts for Beavis and Butthead, like oh, what they look like. There, oh, it is? is? It's just not on DVD, but there's one where they go to a rock concert and there's two girls that are like, uh, and, uh, but then they, <laughs> okay, I need you like, to send me that. Like, oh, yeah. Guys, we got to see the show. And they're like, oh yeah, we didn't get tickets. So then they spend the whole time outside trying to ask people for tickets. <laughs> but they really do That's meet great. two girls that act like them and they could have got with them in what episode it does happen. Oh, that little that rings a bell a little bit now. Yeah, was that like the man? Monster? You're gonna unlock some memories. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of episodes that you probably saw when they aired and haven't since because they're so hard yeah. to find if unless you really dig. Unfortunately, you know, because yeah, there's like 85 episodes not on DVD, and there were of the 200 original. That's fucking a lot if you think about That's it. It's almost half, right? And, and like uh, hundreds of music videos. Those DVDs maybe have like 40 or 50, and there was definitely mm-hmm. over a thousand. You know. Whoa. It's, 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 but if you guys ever look up the King Turd collection, that was a like a two decade project I was a part of. I don't want to take full credit because I did little, but back in the day, I did more when I was younger. But we all would buy the tapes off eBay, you guys know, and then we'd compile all of it and we'd found yeah. all those fire scenes. And now it's like 78 gigabytes, which is fucking insane. But it's all wow. preserved now, whether it jumps from DVD to VHS or not, at least it's there. You know what I mean? Totally. That's right, dude. Yeah, man. 
Uh, but yeah, uh, God, the fucking plane scene is perfect. Uh, it's really a perfect. What's really perfect about this movie is that it takes two movies that we've seen time and time again, a um, a travel comedy and a dumb guy duo comedy. But yeah. there's something so special about Beavis and Butthead. And I think the one thing I could point out that'll really make my point, every dumb guy duo comedy, even Shaggy and Scooby, they always break up for a little bit that, you know, near the climax, they get into a mm -hmm. fight, they have a disagreement, and then they make up. That happens in every dumb guy duo movie you could ever think of, I promise. It does not happen in Beavis and Butt because it is not actually in their dynamic to care about each other, which is very odd. It's, uh, you know, if one of them falls and get hurt, the other really just laughs at them. You know, they're, <laughs> yeah. they, they're almost not friends at all in, in some ways. I mean, there's almost so much like hatred towards each other because they are bad to each other that it's, I mean, but then they're always there to laugh because when everyone, when the moment's over, they're the only two things laugh and they're still left and they're still laughing. So I don't know. There's something, uh, that's a do America is like no other dumb guy duo comedy you can compare it to. And as far as a travel comedy, it, it, it kind of hits a lot of the same notes that, you know, most of your seventies and eighties ones did and whatnot. But, uh, I'm saying, and whatnot, I got to stop that. I learned that last time. Oh God. <laughs> it is kind of planes, trains, and automobiles a little bit. It's a, yeah, yeah it's, it's the buddy comedy travel thing. It, you're totally yeah. right. Like these are the tropes that they're hitting on. And I mean, they were very, they're very successful tropes for, for obvious reasons. But you don't you know? think about it with this movie. And that's what's so good about it. You kind of forget afterwards. You're just like, no, that was just the Beavis and Butthead movie. And, yeah. and the, a lot of those other movies, you almost, they're almost too comparable comparable or something <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it, it really is a a well-crafted movie as far as the story and everything oh. goes and it was received very well <clears throat> i mean this yeah. and ebert loved it whoever they are yeah yeah take that for what it's worth they love yeah. the movie um <laughs> i could I not believe that dude it's on the cover yeah. Yeah. and they really pushed it through every piece of like you know yeah promotion i was like man i can't believe siskel and ebert like gave this two thumbs up i, like, I even remember crazy. I wonder if this is on YouTube nowadays because um, it's on that King Turd collection, their review. Like they actually did like their, remember they had a show? Yeah, they yep, yeah totally. It. And one of them was like really praising to the opening scene where the camera is trying to help Butthead look down at the footprints to the broken glass in the window to the TV missing. And Butthead uh, just, yeah, he just comes to the realization that this sucks. And if it was Cisco Ebert, he's like, here's a really clever scene where the director's trying to help the kid out. And it's just like, man, they really liked it. They really seemed to genuinely be like, that was funny. And they probably had not checked it out to that point either. That's and what I, I think, think happened. I don't think they were aware of the show. I, I Maybe the controversy because of all the fire and stuff was almost right. You right. almost couldn't ignore it back then. But that and I think that's what the movie was for a lot of people. A lot of people wrote the show off as dumb, heard about that kids were imitating the fire stuff. And then the movie came out and I think people went and checked it out and they were like, whoa, I've been missing out. Like these, this is really good. And, and to this day, I think the movie is more known than the show. Uh, I'll bring like, they have a walking Beavis and Butthead reminder and I'll let That's people come up and, and people do not remember Stuart. Todd or Buzzcut a lot of the time. 
because they weren't in the movie. They're not yeah. in the movie. Yeah, Todd's yeah. car drives by really fast in a scene. But yeah, it's Buzz Todd. Cut is <laughs> yeah, he, it's Todd. <laughs> He's cool. <laughs> he kicked our ass. <laughs> it's one of my favorite Beavis and Butthead characters, by the way. Todd rules. Because everybody knew a Todd when you were growing yeah, up. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Everybody yeah. knew that guy. Like he had the muscle car, and it's like <laughs> yeah. in my neighborhood, it was <laughs> Dustin. It was like hair. I was like, yo, Dustin's cool. I feel yeah. like all those characters kind of exist because I grew up in a small town and I used to hang out in a field near a junkyard when I was a kid because it was just the thing you could walk to in the middle of nowhere. And I loved when I was a kid that they did that. They were just the frog baseball is just them hanging out in that big field, you know? Yeah. Um, that's it's very kind of true to life. It's like if you're not watching things be cooler than your real life in the country on TV then I guess we can go outside and like, you know, maybe like throw rocks at something. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what we did when I was, you know, we, I lived in, you know, rural South Jersey. So we were in the fields and the woods a lot, you know, that's what we did. And, you know, hit rock. We didn't hit frogs because I, I think no, we weren't that badass. That wasn't but cruel. No. <laughs> yeah. I hit rocks with the bat, you know, and like, that's what we did. And it was cool. It was fun. So. Yeah, yeah. Those little, in fact, the very early Beavis and Butthead episodes, like the 1993 ones with the fire and stuff, they almost, they're not at all the characters that are in the movie. They, they more represent the kids that you hope you don't run into while you're hanging out in the woods yeah. that'll like give you a wedgie and then like torture a frog or something. Those early episodes are really different. Yeah, and then uh, cut I your finger them. off with a chainsaw for sure. Yeah, that's yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It, and that, but then they took a lot of those episodes and recreated them in like really clever ways when the show became smart, I would say. Because really, I would say it started off as smut and then it really became clever. Um, because you can say the, the one you just brought up where they're like the insect court and he chucks yeah. off his finger with the chainsaw, and then there's the one three years later where they're in woodshop class and Beavis just intentionally cuts his <laughs> finger off to see. <laughs> Yeah. If it'll happen, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. the hardest time I ever laughed when I was a kid was that moment. That was <laughs> there's something so juvenile that resonated so hard because as a little boy, you just you, you look at it, you're like, yeah, I kind of just want I wish there was no consequence because it'd be yeah. badass to saw my finger off right now. And yeah. Beavis just yeah. like loop, and it's so realistic, it just kind of flops over. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> not cartoony, it's amazing. Amazing. <laughs> well, you want me to do some of my moments now, dude? Yeah, dude. Let's yeah, uh, yeah. let's hear some moments. All right. And we'll all, just... right. all right, here we go. Yeah. Here we go. So, um, of course, the slut slots thing. I mean, that is iconic. It is perfect. It's it's really early in the movie, and you're like, okay, this is the tone of this movie, and it's going to be <laughs> awesome. So, I love that. I love that it's Cloris Leachman doing that voice. Um, yeah. And I still want some of those candies when he's like, what else you got? And he like goes through and he's like, those candies. I want those. Yeah, I want those. Can you speak up, son? I got this ringing in my ears. <laughs> I poop too much. Oh, maybe oh. you're lactose intolerant. No, I no. poop too much. <laughs> I love when she calls him Bob and Travis. <laughs> What's it's, your last name? Uh, head. <laughs> First name, butt. <laughs> Travis and Bob. Travis and Bob head. 
Travis and Bob do America. <laughs> yeah, I love how he says, I poop too much and then I get tired. I get tired, yeah. <laughs> and like, I'm watching it this morning and like, holy shit, I can relate to this so much now. <laughs> so, it's a, your typical old lady who like, you tell her you have just like a little ache and she's like, I got pills for that. Take my prescription <laughs> pills. Yeah. <laughs> Does this say Xanax? <laughs> <laughs> now that was a joke I didn't get when I was a kid. Yeah, it's I like, mean, you know, I didn't get a lot of it when I was a kid, but I mean, it, it made me feel good. You yeah, know what I mean? Like it made me feel like revved him up, and that's kind of all you needed, I think. Yeah, because I didn't get the the peyote. At that's all. true. Yeah. yeah. No, I just I think as a kid I was like, oh, this is their way of doing a music video in the movie, which it kind of is. Yeah, but yeah, I didn't get the peyote maybe for um, years. Who did the animation for that? scene oh, oh rob zombie is that rob zombie yeah it's yeah. well in the process so he did all like the pencil sketches and everything and then hands it over and then someone who they pay yeah. to do a lot more work did it all you know oh, okay someone who yeah. won't ever get the credit you know but yeah <laughs> so i want to talk about a moment for me in this and i was yeah. watching the show and i think it kind of relates is like when you know we're saying we didn't get the jokes right but it made me feel cool like, I don't know, like it made me feel like I was being bad just by watching yeah. just by watching a cartoon because I wasn't a bad kid in any way. Like, I didn't do bad stuff. Um, like, I wasn't mean. I wasn't a bully. I wasn't anything like that. I was just like a good kid. But yeah. I remember sitting in my friend Jason's living room. OK, and my parents were hanging out with their, their parents and my friend Billy was there and Beavis and Butthead came on. And I was like, what is this? And he was like, oh, this is Beavis and Butthead. You've never seen this. And then Billy's like, yeah, this is really cool. And they're a little older than me. And like my mom comes in and she like has a drink in her hand. She's like, what is this? And like, it's Beavis a butthead. And she's like, don't watch this. And then just walks out of the room and goes back to the party or whatever. She ain't like, turning off. <laughs> no, no. But from then, from then on, you felt like watching a Beavis and butthead was like yeah. putting you into this like really cool world. You I'm know pretty what sure I mean? it was built, the most you know? badass thing you could do when we were that age was totally you watch Beavis and butthead. I can't yeah, and you wanted to wear the Beavis and Butthead shirt, right? Because you're like, yeah. I'm, I'm with this. So, yeah, I mean, I was, I my mom yeah. kicks ass. I mean, I had Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style on cassette when I was six, and I was allowed to watch Beavis and Butthead. So I felt like the ultimate cool six year old. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. But she was also uh, type of mom that would fucking sit down and, you know, be like, you understand this, right? You know, she went, you know, as you kind of should. Beavis. It's kind of hard to think that way about Beavis and Butthead nowadays, though, because who would actually imitate them, you'd think? I mean, it doesn't it doesn't show them as I mean, the real setup with Beavis and Butthead is that there's no consequence almost ever yeah. for them. Um, if anything, there's more consequence to the people that react to them, <laughs> which is always great. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's. But they had the '90s, I can go down a rabbit hole when it comes to talking '90s censorship, though. That's like my forte. It's so, <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't get well, me started. Another scene, and I wanted to ask you is <laughs> when they finally get to the lady, and she's like, "Ah, ten thousand. What a cheapskate! I'll give you twenty thousand to go back and do him." Yeah. Like, you wanted to give a twenty thousand to do a dude, yeah. and Beavis is like, "I don't know, butthead. Maybe if we just like close our eyes and pretend, yeah. like, that's a lot of money." Yeah, he slaps him. Yeah. yeah, but is that they do something like that in the show too, don't they? Don't they say something like that, or have I just like mixed those memories up? 
uh, either way, it's a great moment. And I think yeah, it's maybe, really funny. I, yeah, I remember that one the first time really made me laugh hard. Uh, <laughs> but but I almost think Beavis doesn't get it. <laughs> I mean, I think he does. I think he does, though. You, th- you think he does? I, th- I I think Beavis is one thought to the next, though, too. So it's also kind of like... I don't, I don't know. Um, <laughs> He's like, I don't know. If we just close our eyes and pretend, like that's yeah, a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> it's a check. yeah. <laughs> all right, I got, I got two more. Um, okay, the cavity searches all day. I, oh, I yeah. love Robert Stack and the cavity searches stuff. And the thing is, Robert Stack's voice was kind of like you know, it was scary to me at that age. You know what I mean? Yeah, because because scared me. <laughs> Yeah, because of Unsolved Mysteries or whatever. So, I mean, like, his voice was scary. And then hearing it on this show was like, it was kind of out of context. And I was like, it kind of gives him this very serious, almost commanding demeanor inside of this this movie. And I remember feeling that when I was watching this movie. So I thought it was interesting. But yeah, I think he's hilarious with the cavity search stuff. He's kind of perfect. I would almost compare him to the soundtrack in that sense, because the soundtrack never paints it that you're watching a comedy. It's yeah. kind of scored like an action movie in a lot of ways and whatnot. So do the riff, dude. Do the riff. What? Do it. No, we uh we <laughs> noted that um Oh yeah, the then scene- there's the soundtrack sound. Yeah. Score. Yeah, yeah. Sure. In the scene where Muddy's driving down the road, you hear the monster magnet song, The Lord is a monkey. Isn't it which- Butthole Surfers? Oh yeah. Yeah, but whole surfers, sorry. Yeah, which yeah. that song also appears in another '96 movie that we just covered, Black Sheep. Oh. And we it's were like, Black Sheep? Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. really? Yeah. Oh no, shit. Because yeah, I, no, I, when I was rewatching nice. it last night, I was like, "There's that fucking riff." I was like, "It's a great riff." The soundtrack um, kicks ass, man. I had the soundtrack when I was a kid. Did you? Me too. Yeah. yeah I, also, I also had the Beavis and Butthead Experience, which was also that was good. good. Yeah, definitely. I think yep. I got the soundtrack. I think the soundtrack came out before the movie because I want to say I like got the soundtrack before I saw it in theaters or something like that. Uh, but no, that's that's a fucking killer soundtrack, man. It is. Um, yeah. who, so, who's on? Well, um, um, Rancid, LL Cool J. Yeah, let's start a riot. The LL Cool J song is my favorite. Ain't and, no um, of yeah, course, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Love all night. <laughs> um, love Roller Coaster is like an actual video. Yeah. I, yeah, I remember the video was all over MTV. Uh, yep. Ain't Nobody was, was too, uh, but it just had clips of Beavis and Butthead dancing throughout it. It was really just the L Cool J video. But that Love Roller Coaster video, I would love to find some production art from that. That thing is yeah. awesome, dude. Hmm. That is amazing. I don't uh, ever remember it airing on TV when I think about it, though. I I don't know how I saw it back then. It must have aired I, on TV. I, for some I, I think it was on TV. That song was all over the boardwalk, dude. Like it was Beavis and Butthead mania on the boardwalk. When I was yeah. telling you, like with all the be- like the the bootleg shirts and stuff, it was just they were part of the vibe for those years for ninety seven yeah. and ninety six. Like you went down there, it was just everywhere. It's kind of sad that they're not as affiliated with the nineties to people who weren't there for the nineties. Do you know what I mean by that? I mean, we were obviously there, so it's hard for us not to. But, like, talk to a kid who wasn't there for the 90s, and they're all into 90s stuff. They're okay. not too yeah. hip to Beavis and Butthead, but they will know Daria. <laughs> they will always know Daria. It, it, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Man, kind of makes me a little <laughs> mad, you guys. Well, hey, man, we're doing our part. We're spreading the word. Yeah, that's right. We got to we gotta bring the, the boys back. Well, they are yeah. coming, but 
Yeah. All right. All right. It, it, any other moments, Josh? So I have one more, and then we're going to do yours, right? Yeah. Okay. So I love the goddamn joke, and I know everybody hates this joke or whatever, but like, what? No. It's so funny. Because no. didn't, Mike, didn't Mike Judge hate that joke because he got it from his grandma or whatever, and he thought it wasn't funny? Yeah. I've it never is the heard most, that. It is the most iconic joke in this movie to me yeah that that and the i think the the plane scene are what i hear the most or the whacking off in the camper yeah that's good yeah i i see mike judge's point of view though it it feels a a tad cheap it's it's almost (laughs) a little out of place it's almost out of character for beavis to i thought it was ballsy because i think it's the only hard swear in the movie for the pg-13 Huh. But it's not because he's saying, "Is this a goddamn?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So like they get to skirt it, right? So because they were trying really hard not to make it an R-rated movie. Like, yeah, there was some stuff. Wasn't McVicker supposed to be like totally buck-ass naked yeah. when he was getting spanked? Yeah. And they had to yeah, put dude. like boxers on him. Oh, yeah, get I out see, of here, you little bastard! Uh, there was also a line uh, <laughs> where he goes, "Thank you, mother. May I have another?" And that didn't make it into the movie. Should have. Uh, you're expelled. <laughs> <laughs> He's still throwing that. You're like at a hotel, get spanked by a lady. Yeah. <laughs> you're expelled. <laughs> what? <laughs> I like uh, that he wasn't bare ass, though. I don't think that that. I don't it's not think needed. Head needs to go that far. That's what true. makes them so funny is that they're subtle. They and like what you were saying. Yeah. They're almost out of character for Beavis to swear that harshly. But because it was so unfunny, it almost does make it in character for him because it, it is so cheap. Yeah, <laughs> and I love you can hear people saying other stuff like, oh, damn. Like there's like other like lower vocals or lower um Well, Beavis is audio. like, well, I'll be damned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. in, a, in a who did it first kind of moment, remember in Vegas Vacation when – not a great movie by any means, but oh, Randy Quaid movie. says, where can I get some damn bait? And they're at the Hoover Dam. Oh. Oh. So it's... Um, I think that came out... I don't know, because I like don't like movies that suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to be the only one that says, like, I like Vegas Vacation. I mean, I like Papa Giorgio? Come on, dude. Papa Giorgio. Okay. Mr. Papa Giorgio. It's, it's got some moments, but as far as like vacation movies, it's definitely no summer or Christmas. I know? mean, it's later in the in the series, but I, I think I liked it a lot because I watched it a lot growing up. So yeah. like, you know what I mean? But I mean, but, those jokes are very similar and they, but just wanted to point that out. It's one of those little uh, <laughs> volcano Dante's peak moments, you know? Sure. Which came sure. first. Appreciate it. All right, Phil, you got some moments? Uh, yeah. So here's a kind of a, a minor moment here. Okay. A lot of this stuff with Anderson, I really love because I knew so many Tom Anderson's growing up, like yeah. growing up in the South. Yeah. I mean, I know that guy, right? Yeah. So whenever he straps down the, the propane tank, he's like, that all the holder. It's like, it's butane. Phil. Oh, it's butane. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Now we've been saving up for this trip our whole <laughs> life. You know? yeah, anything he says is really gold. Yeah. <laughs> but like every Southern man, I don't care what he's tying down in his truck. If you don't slap it and say that all to hold her, <laughs> it's, it's going to fly out. It's, like it's, it's in the movie, but there's a line he has in the show where he like answers the phone and he's like, Tom Jenkins, how long's it been? 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. That long, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is like so perfect. Um, another line from Anderson when he's in the president's hall and he's like, Where are we? Where are you when we need you, Ike? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, <laughs> Boy, I tell you, boy, I tell you what, it makes you proud. I could stay here all day, sir. I'm gonna have to ask you to leave. <laughs> and for so many times, every, like every time he gets a little optimistic, it's yeah. just right back up. Like, sir, you gotta leave. Tom Anderson's sir, life is a living leave. nightmare. What? Yeah, I found um, you. Yeah, but um, to Mike Judge's credit, here's one thing I've always admired about Mike Judge. He's so good at capturing Americana, like just the, because life in America for the most part is just kind of boring, you know, and yeah. there's these basic people and he's really good at capturing just the every man. Yes. You know, um, the, the guy that likes to just, you know, work on a lawn more and drink a beer in my backyard. <laughs> like that guy exists everywhere. And, and Mike and judge is the best at capturing without that. really exaggerating it too. Right. Uh, it's not over the yeah. top. He, he's, I think he's the king of slice of life character comedy. It, yep. it's like King of the Hill, compared to Seinfeld, nothing happens almost well, until it got to later season and stuff. But it really is just mundane events. And I've always said, like, King of the Hill, if the wrong person saw it, it'd be like that was the most depressing show I've ever seen. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like, if you don't see the humor in some of that stuff, it's just like, Oh, why the hell yeah. are these people? Like, yeah. if somebody that had never been to America was like, give me three pieces of media that kind of show what American life is like, I'd probably probably say, like, watch King of the Hill or something like that. You know? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, probably like King of the Hill and Seinfeld and All in the Family, even though it's not. It's, it's <laughs> 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 no, I think All in the Family. Yeah, that's my favorite show of all time. But, uh, how about the Twilight Zone, guys? The what? Totally. <laughs> totally, Josh. <laughs> Josh yeah. said, what about the Twilight Zone? Yeah. Said, oh, yeah, totally. yeah. Twilight Zone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of what it's like. So. Um, okay. Other moments. Uh, butthead on the plane. I got a beer. Hey, he steals a guy's half-drink beer and offers it to a girl. That is the smoothest fucking uh, thing in the world, dude. <laughs> Um, when they drink it too, and then he fucking goes back. Yeah, yeah. When they ask the concierge guy, and they're like, "Can you like not stand there and stuff?" Yeah. <laughs> Some people are dumb. Some people are dumb. <laughs> they're trying Good. to like figure out why the remote stuck to the fucking table. Yeah. <laughs> um, the old lady. We've already talked about that. Um. When they're at Yellowstone, the water can reach 200 feet. So, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah that's not that much. <laughs> so good. And yeah. that, so, that guy is so like, he's like walking back in afterwards. He's like, damn kids. No, yeah. you can tell it really got to him. <laughs> that would make me furious. I'd I'm be like, interested. Oh, God. It's not that much, really. And then the, the contrast of it showing it happening, and then they're just in the, the bathroom making the toilets go. Like, that's incredible. It's amazing. You know what? Now that you bring that up, I kind of remember when I first went into a McDonald's bathroom and they had automatic toilets. I was like, whoa. 
Oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah. Am I, so by that <laughs> yeah, that must have been around the same time this yeah. movie came out. I can't remember yeah. if it was before or after, but I was like, whoa. So you just like wave your hand yeah. and it flushes? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. They're just that you could tell that they're like flooding it a little bit in there too, because they're all through yeah. the each The destruction throughout the movie is immense if you think about it. It really like, is. especially the dam. But like it's uh you ever notice how many TVs get broken in this movie? I used to know the number. It's like over 20. Wow. That's yeah. a lot. Yes. I mean, from their TV in the beginning <clears throat> to the one they try stealing from school to the one in Anderson's camper. Uh, that It's just like, a, oh, that guy shoots the TV. Muddy shoots one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it goes on throughout almost the whole movie to the last 20 minutes. Like it's because that's the real plot is that we can't let them find a TV or else they will just watch a TV and there will be no movie. That's so true. It's, it's like we have to keep breaking them to remind ourselves where this plot needs to go the whole time. Yeah. Um, I think those are just about all my moments. But speaking of Muddy, uh, good Bruce voice Willis. work by Bruce Willis. Yes. You know, I'm yeah. going to kill her. Yeah, he was really into it, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And do you know why they were uncredited? Demi Moore and Bruce Willis? Are they uncredited? I think they are. That's what I read. Weird. I don't know. I, yeah. I, there's only one piece of merchandise with their characters on it, and it's like uh, like a sticker thing. Yeah, it's it's, hmm. it's it's probably a weird one when you get people that big into that type of movie. They're probably proud of it now or something. I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. It's but funny how they were married in the movie and they're married in real life. Then, yeah. Were they married in real life? No. For a while there, yeah. yeah. Oh, I think see, when they when they stuff like that. I didn't know. Oh. Yeah, when they made this movie, I believe they were married at the time. They were married yeah. at the time. Yeah. So then they they got to see their cartoon selves doing it. <laughs> yeah, in the back seat, dude. That's, yeah. That scene kind of like, gave me a boner when I was a kid. I'll be honest. With you. <laughs> you could kind of see her butt a little bit. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> Even though they're like fully dressed. Like I got the <laughs> widescreen laser disc, but it didn't help. <laughs> You gotta zoom in, dude, or zoom out, or whatever. And um, I didn't realize until years later that Greg Kinnear is the voice of the FBI agent. Oh, you know um, I'm about? <laughs> now that's one of the greatest lies where that never start a sentence with a proposition or whatever. There, yeah, I'm yeah, kid, right. No, I yeah. never knew that either. Actually, yeah, I was like, oh my god, it's a uh, Captain Amazing from Mystery Men. Yeah. <laughs> Was that his name in that Captain Amazing? I don't remember. It was something like that, like Captain something. Yeah, Some, we can cover v- that movie for VH Snack. A VH Snacker out there is screaming this dude's name. At, I'm at pretty the, sure it was Captain Amazing right or something like I don't know. Anyways, that guy, the guy from Little Miss Sunshine and all that. Um, that guy is cool. I like him. Yeah, so. that movie was cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah. that's okay. The so trick from the Pearl Jam video, right? <laughs> It's, it's blind melon, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know if this one's gonna land. Oh man, uh, that, that, that's that's out of my expertise. Can't you know. see it's blind melon? I don't. Oh, um, can we talk about one thing here that I think is the most fascinating aspect about this movie? Sure. This was almost a live action film, dudes. Ah, uh, I, I don't believe it. Yeah. You don't believe this? Absolutely not. According to uh, what I yeah, read, it came down David to a Spade, coin toss. They were thinking so it, it was like one of those things where Mike Judge didn't have a lot of control until they signed the movie. When he signed the contract for the movie, he was like, I need rights to my characters back, and I only want to do one more season because I'm fucking sick of it. And um, 
he never wanted to make it a live action movie. And it wouldn't work. It's too dependent on their voices and what they look like. Yeah. It, it would be the worst. It would just be Bill and Ted with Ted being like <laughs> a little bit more. It would be awful. I'm so glad. If It, it probably was. You're probably right. It probably was going to happen. But I think I don't think Mike Judge ever believed he was going to let it happen. No, Mike Judge definitely did not want it to happen. No. And I mean, like that. that's what I read. And But just thinking about David Spade being Beavis and like Chris Farley being Butthead or like no. Adam Sandler being Butthead. No. Like, <clears throat> oh man. I mean, we've seen some live action reinterpretations of Beavis and Butthead in pornos and it's weird. <laughs> okay? That's the only yeah. way it should happen. Is yeah. If you're going to so. do it, do it as wrong as possible. Uh, <laughs> and I love Chris Farley. I, I was big. Adam Sandler's early CDs. That was like the most vulgar thing I'd ever heard at that age. But yeah, no one's going to do this right. You just can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No disrespect to those guys. It just doesn't matter who it is. It's not going to work. No, yeah, I love. I hold Chris Farley in a high regard, and I don't think he could even do it. So uh, we we sing the praise of Chris Farley on this podcast. Any chance we can get, every single time, any chance. I think it was the hardest celebrity death of my life. Still, there was something so sad about that. Of course, I was really young, but I don't know. Yeah, still is one thing my whole family agreed on is that that guy was the funniest guy who ever lived. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 We miss you, Chris. Dead hero, dude. Okay, one one more thing, and I want to ask you about this. I thought that the Beavis and Butthead game for Sega Genesis was like the best Sega game of all time for me. And I love it so much. I never played it. But... Right there, brother. I there it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they like the trying to get it's the greatest game of all time. But weren't, weren't they trying high. to get tickets to Guar? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But there was a Super Nintendo version with the same plot, but it was way different because it was more of a platformer. The mm-hmm. Genesis one was really fucking hard to figure out. But if you did, you could oh, like man. use a bomb to blow up the concession stand. You could cut down Anderson's tree. Like you got to imitate those early episodes that were banned in a video game. And I think that's why they made it so hard to figure out. Cause if parents were watching their kids, like doing half the shit you really can in that game, if you beat it, it was, uh, I don't know. They would have complained about that too. Probably. That game was so hard, but like you said, it was really rewarding to figure it out. I mean, me and my, my neighbor, rewarding. me and my neighbor, Jeff Garten, we pumped at least a hundred 200 i mean so many hours into that oh, game dude. i never I, I i never figured it out on my own <clears throat> did I, you figure I, out later that you could get on stage with guar Whoa. yes um i there was a cheat code this was what was this game liked that it was hard there was yeah. a strategy guide the strategy guy gave you a code so that you had all the ticket pieces but you have one hit left of life so you yeah. like, and you had eaten the burger. So by the time you get to your TV, you die from being sick because you ate that burger because you have every item. And then the strategy guide tells you how to find all the pieces, but it tells you how to do it in an order where you'll buy something, but then not have the money to get that piece. It fucks with you, man. Yeah. I only figured yep. out how, the, the one where you're running from Billy Bob in the hospital. We all got to that part. I yeah, where, where you're driving the cart or whatever. Yeah, I, I did get that ticket but that's the only one that's like easy to find all the others you really have to they really for like two of the dumbest characters ever they you had to be kind of smart to fucking figure that game out man yeah and i mean i loved figuring out the code to burger world and then figuring out that it was butthead and you're like i cannot believe it's butthead dude (laughs) that that hits hard man yeah maybe one of the dumbest times i felt as a kid 
Yeah. It's, like, it's the most obvious password. <laughs> well, all this, uh, are you getting hungry? Are you oh, hungry? Oh, man. Are we uh, going to take a little snack break here? I mean, if you want. Oh, oh he's, oh, he's Sean, already getting started. Sean uh, jumped the gun there. A little pregame over there. Race. Well, uh, I guess since you already have your nachos, Sean, I will go whip up ours. And you guys I just got some by my side. You know, I'm like, <laughs> you guys can talk about whatever. <laughs> hey, do you like jalapeno on your nachos? <laughs> yeah, I love jalapenos, dude. Yeah, Sweet. Dude. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Bring on bring on the heat. Experience right there. All right. Well, I will go make those and I'll be right back. You're too kind, man. You're how do you make nachos? I don't know. You just go down to the Maxi Mart and buy some, dumbass. (laughs) (laughs) He said just go down to the Mart and buy some, dumbass. (laughs) Oh man, but dude, the video game. Okay, so Phil never played it. Okay. Then I feel bad, and we're gonna make him play it now. But yeah. Oh my god, dude! The video game was so—it was everything to me when it's, I was like 11, 12 years old, dude. It's a perfect game. Once you know what to do, I used to. God, I'm weird. I obsessed, but yeah, I can beat it in 14 minutes, about which isn't the world record. That's but I insane, dude. Gone. Yeah, but but it's like once you know where everything is and how to fucking really nail it. The only hard parts are the sewer. You remember sewers the sewer. hard? Yeah, because you got to oh, go right. above ground and then then underground yes. and then back and then back. And, and the only way to really like get this speed run record is to use that like that little bit of invincibility you have after you get hit. And like yep, this you got to keep running, right? Yesterday. Yeah, you pretty much just but whoever this guy is knows what he's doing. I've gotten like kind of close, but it's one of those things too where you'll do everything fucking perfect. You'll get through the sewer perfect and then you won't be able to outrun that fat guy and you're yep. like man, it's just but like you said, that is because you remember what games were like. They were so difficult and then not rewarding at all. You could think of like the Ghostbusters games or some of them that spelt congratulations wrong and shit. Yeah. Man, that Beavis game had like seven uh, endings and they were all epic as shit. Like blowing so, up. The, you get to go to the drive-in in that game. I mean, that's fucking awesome. That is pretty, what makes it the best Sega game right there. It's really good. It's really one of the best ever. And I mean, like. You know, I even doing it there. Fuck yeah. Yeah, like the car, the car's yeah, rocking. It's like hopping up and down. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. And I remember the, the title of the movie on the marquee was really cool, but I can't remember what it was. The title of the movie on the marquee? You mean like the the uh coming to a screen bigger than your TV? No, no, on the marquee for in the video game, like when they're in the like when they go to the drive-in. Oh, oh yeah, it was like zombie flesh-eating zombie chicks or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was something yeah. really cool, and I was like, oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah no, that is so good. And something I didn't realize till last year, because uh, my one buddy Justin works for uh, Sleazy P. Martinez, the, the uh-huh. bar dude. Yeah. Sleazy's in the game. He's the mm-hmm. guy at the ticket booth, but they yeah. made him black, but it's definitely Sleazy. It's definitely. With the, the hair, right? Yeah. yeah so he's yeah. got to have it. Yeah, yeah, and I never put together that that was him. And I've known about Guar since I was a kid because of Beavis and Butthead. Guar's really. cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I did. I'll be the first to say I think Guar sucks, but they have a great live show. What? But, yeah. I, what? ICP fan. Who, who am I to talk? But uh, oh <laughs> I man, don't think Guar made good music. It's just like I don't know. Scum Dogs Universe. Like me and my boy Barrett would drive around. And Scum Dogs and. And Scumdogs of the Universe was just stuck in the cassette player. Like, it just never came out. So, I, yeah, I, I mean, I'm a big it, fan. And I I liked it. 
it doesn't hold up for me. It, like um, other things from that era that do like Bloodhound Gang. I never grew out of Bloodhound Gang. Fucking like that's timeless. To I me. still dig it sometimes. I'll, I'll still throw it on once in a while. Yeah, you know? and, and like I can tell that it's really dated when I put it on too. Like, I mean, so one dated. one million percent. Yeah, so much. Um, but there's just something about Guar. I used to like Offspring when I was a kid too, and now it's like I will like get mad at you if you put it on. So put on some <laughs> Jimmy Buffett, you poser, and then I'll like beat him up. You know? Whoa, Jimmy Buffett, eh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> so your your nachos over there, dude. Like you got the red pop. Is that for your? I'm going to switch to the soda, the Fago. So is red pop your favorite flavor? Um, is that is that like the signature flavor? I'm not really a, a Fago dude. So. I would say red pop is the hardest flavor to drink because it tastes like old lady candy and Nyquil. So, so why are like, you drinking it? Oh, dude, it's fucking fresh, man. <laughs> <laughs> So how many flavors are there of Fago? Oh, Come there's on, so many. Like, there's one called chocolate cream pie that I've never been able to try. Like, I have family in Michigan, so I've gone to Detroit a lot in my life. And when you're in Detroit, you really see, like, all those flavors, the candy apple and cotton candy and all that. And it's just – uh, that's really what makes Fago so fresh is that they have, like, the – it's like the, one of those jelly beans where they have, like, the endless flavors. You know what I'm saying? Jelly belly? Yeah, it's like the jelly belly of pop. And, um, <laughs> but I, I don't know what my favorite is. Probably, probably red pop. I don't know. It was, it's the even worst. though it tastes like old lady candy and NyQuil. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> I would compare drinking red pop to. Oh, dude, got to get it in there. Oh, they're just so classic, man. Oh, those yeah. are fresh jalapenos. My mouth is watering. What did you like? Slice up some jalapenos, dude. They smell great. Yeah. Who is this guy? I'm going to marry him. Yeah. <laughs> get in line, buddy. Uh, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> and those are fresh scallions from the garden. Wow. Uh, scallions? I, yeah, oh, you're, a, you're a rap scallion. <laughs> I'll do, we got to do the picture too. Oh, we'll make some more. Okay. Picture. Okay. Nuts. What? <laughs> yeah, we got to get a picture of Sean's nuts to Photoshop. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll be sure to do that. The chip at the same time. It is National Nacho Day, by the way. Yeah, it is National oh, yeah. Nacho Day, dude. Did you guys plan on that? No, no. This is just, just a happy accident. Huge serendipity. There we go, brothers. And Whoa. Sean is eating his. Good. <laughs> Have we acknowledged that Sean is eating his out of the Beavis and Butthead Do America popcorn bags? There you go, baby. Coming in oh, December man. to a screen bigger than your TV. Great tagline, by the way. That yeah, there's yeah, I don't think they could have came up with a better one. I've seen um if you watch this interview I did with the head writer of Beavis and Butthead, he had a bunch of early like mock-up art for the movie. That's kind of cool to see where they were gonna go with it. Um kind of like the boys' is Mount Rushmore and stuff like that was one of the original poster ideas and stuff. That sounds cool. That didn't get done, though. No, none of it was ever done. The new uh, Blu-ray actually has a new cover, though, and it looks pretty sweet. It does, yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. Mm. So where did you get those? Uh, well, yeah, where did you get the popcorn bags? And feel free to share any other memorabilia oh, yeah. exclusive to this movie. As far as um, where I get half my stuff, I just always give the Timmy Turner answer and say internet. Uh, wow. Boom. Let's see. Can I get this good? There's some jazz cool. there for you there. Isn't that beautiful? 
That's rad, dude. Mm-hmm. Wow. Really nice shape, too. And uh, let's see here. There were two different screeners that I found. And um, I almost feel like I should – like you guys all know what cover we got. Sure. You know, yeah. That like, blue border. The screeners were like this, which I feel like <laughs> is what it should have been. Yeah. That looks better. I talked about that earlier today. Like I, I pulled this I like off that, my shelf. I like that blue line. What's the, the full length film? What's the point? I, I guess the studio was like, well, wh- since they already had like VHSs of the TV show, maybe they were it's like, TV. well, we, we want people to know that this is the movie. Yeah, I think you're right. I think yeah. you're right. But it kind of, it's kind of a bust. But yeah, these are two different screeners. They have two different backs. Uh, one's just that. And then this one actually has all that cool info there. It's made 62-something at the box office. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't it like the top movie in the box office until Scream 2 came out in 97? Yeah, it was the biggest opening movie in December until Scream 2. You sure it was came Scream out the next 2? Year. I thought it was like Titanic or something, dude. That's what I read. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We could be wrong. We just read it on the internet, dude. Was Titanic 96? I was 97. Yeah, well, that could kind of make sense too. I would hope Scream Two wasn't the cause. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you don't like Scream Two, Sean? I mean, I mean it's, I don't a like media- it's a mediocre. It's a mediocre movie. Um, no, it's okay of a movie. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's middle of the road. Oh wait, no, actually, no. Scream Two is awful. I thought we were talking about Scary Movie Two for a bit. Scary Movie Two is kind of okay. Scream Two is awful. I hate yeah. that movie. The first, the opening scene in the theater is so good. And then it's all about Doofy and that girl, and it's like they're trying to do it, but they won't do it. And then like <laughs> the third one is like the same thing. And then like the yeah. fourth one, they're like, "Hey, we should put Macaulay Culkin's brother in this." Yeah, and they were like, "Hey, that's a good idea." And so they did that, and then that one was okay. The trailer for the new one looks pretty promising. Yeah, but it has Doofy and that girl, and you know they're gonna yeah. be like, you know trying to do it, but then they don't. You know. <laughs> yeah. So Have Sean, they never done it? They've never done it still? I don't think it ever showed them do it. Not, not, like, there was that great twist once where they were about to do it, but then it like it turned out to be Roseanne's sister. <laughs> God. Uncle, Uncle Jackie. Uncle Jackie. All right, so I think we're at the point where we need to do <laughs> MVPs, dude. Yeah, okay. So each episode, we hand out in a trophy... The MVP award to one character from the movie. So, Josh, who are you giving your golden TV television to? <laughs> the golden TV. Who is the who what is, is that the star oh, wait. of the movie? Sean is holding up. Is that Russian? Russian or Croatian or something, guys? I'm not yeah. too smart, but it's he's, it's actually sealed, so I put it in a nice little case. I'm gonna be holding up. Oh yeah. For yeah, sure. Hang on to that thing. For VH sure. Yeah, also, dude, you, <laughs> you 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 need a shirt that says, I don't like stuff that sucks. <laughs> I, I do have one. Yeah. Oh, you do have one? Well, it's a Beavis shirt, though. Okay, yeah. good. Okay, good. <laughs> I used okay, to have the, uh, the Tommy Pull My Finger shirt. Oh, my mom had that, dude. That's yeah. such a good one, man. I had a poster oh. of that also. There's a, po- there's yeah. a mug, too. Yeah, that, okay. that's very valuable. Well, a lot of their shirts are from the 90s, but that one was hot tier for some reason. I wish I still had it. My buddy had the the got a napkin shirt. 
which oh. I still don't really understand. Well, it was a it's Got like, Milk one, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. it was like a Got Milk parody, it's and it says Got a Napkin. That's actually a very obscure shirt. I've only seen like a few of those pop up over the years. My homie bought that at Wildwood, and he wore it like every day. That's a good. It, like he became a cartoon character because of that shirt. Like he just wore that shirt like every day. That's pretty cool. <laughs> All right, Josh. Golden TV Award. Who are you giving it to? Beavis. Beavis. No doubt. Okay. How yeah, come? Me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because he's the best. Because he's the absolute best in this. Movie. My man, Beavis. Have some chicks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's he's really relatable because he is smarter than Butthead, right? But he keeps yeah. constantly getting beat down by this bully who is <laughs> Butthead, and he tries to. I think he does try to show Butthead some love sometimes. I think he tries to show him love in the way that he tries to give him like reasoning be like i don't know butthead like this is a good idea like, shut up you know what yeah, i mean yeah. and, and, <laughs> yeah. beating, and he he is him he's himself he's never trying to be anyone else except himself and That's i think really and I, and butthead's always trying to like hey baby want a beer like he's yeah yeah he, he's false like he's trying to be something he's not but beavis is just yes who he is you know yeah, and i think butthead really is, is. You could tell Butthead's like trying to imitate like Barry Manilow or something whenever he picks up on a girl, like some mm-hmm. some kind of R and B singer, you know. And Beavis, he's just always like, "Hey, how's it going?" <laughs> like he's just he's, he's just, just trying so to be smooth. himself. I've totally used that line, you know. Hey, how's it going? Yeah. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> I also like how casual some of his lines are. Like when they're at the dam, he's like, "Lobby dad." <laughs> like, Lobby dad. Just, yeah. 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 yeah, it's just so smooth and like, yeah. Like, that's I like the, him lost yeah. in his mind, like in the choked episode where Butthead's choking on the chicken and Beavis has to go get the sign the whole time and he's just like getting distracted. But you get to see what Beavis is like when he's by himself and he's just kind of walking around like, <laughs> you know, he's just like, yeah, yeah, dog in his head. He's kind of carefree. Yeah, God, I love that episode. That's a good that one. But yeah, a perfect yeah. episode. Yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah, I think I want to watch that very yeah. soon. But it I need to refresh. <laughs> Yeah, the VHS compilation, the Laugh at Our Pain. I think yeah, I used yeah. to watch that one nonstop growing up. Yeah, I had all the episodes where they get seriously injured. Oh, and that has yeah. the fucking the blood pressure machine one, doesn't yep. it? Yep. Oh, where he gets machine. stuck in the machine. Uh, yeah, it had the it had the episode where they um where they put where he pushes Beavis down the hill in the tire. Oh, that yeah. is so goddamn good. Yeah, those are really. And then Todd, you got beer all over my pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it points to a little drop. Damn it. <laughs> you preschoolers are dead, man. Yeah. They spill beer all over my for you, sir. <laughs> that won't be a problem, man. <laughs> so Beavis for me is is the MVP. And the one thing I do want to say that didn't really come up in, in uh organic conversation. But I think the one thing that really fascinated me the most about this movie is seeing them as kids seeing them grow up because it's like these characters have like a mystique to me and I don't know why, but mm-hmm. because I never really knew how old they really are. Like I, kind of like, I thought they were like they're they were seniors in high school. So I thought they were like 17 or 18, but yeah. realizing that these dudes are like only like 13 or 14 or 15, yeah. it, it totally better. puts, it makes it better. It puts this different spin on it. You know what I mean? Because a little more when, it, when they meet their dads in, in the uh, desert so and he's sad. like, Oh, Highland, I was in that that toilet like yeah. about fifteen years ago. <laughs> yeah, there and I'm you like, go. oh wait, so you're like fourteen? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's crazy. Uh, I don't that, know. 
that scene when they wake up the next morning and you see the tire tracks from the dads and they're gone and they're like, yeah. where are those dudes? I don't know. That scene always makes me really sad. There's yeah, something beautiful sad. about how they were all too dumb to know what was going on, but they all shared just as good of a moment as it probably would have been anyways. But then yeah. they're alone again. And none of them even know it happened. It's, uh, so, it's so sad, man. I don't know. That one always gets me. It was cool. I mean, I, 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 like I said, there's like this mystique to them and, you know, I'm sure the deeper you go into the, into the, the show and all this stuff, you, you've learned more, but as someone who's more of a casual Beavis and Butthead fan, I mean, it's cool to see that kind of stuff and see that kind Ooh. of backstory. You know what I mean? We should bring up the sperm scene in the, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Hey, how's it going? <laughs> he picks his nose with his fucking yeah. <laughs> and he comes out he's like oh yeah I scored <laughs> that first time I saw that one that was that's almost the most uh, random scene in the movie I would say. well I guess the hallucination scene really would be which but is a great probably... scene we didn't talk about but I mean obviously that's an amazing scene so yeah yeah, yeah. Did, did any did either of you get that it was peyote when you saw it as kids I, I didn't even know that was a drug at that. No way. No way. Yeah. I thought they were hallucinating because they were like dehydrated. Yeah. Because that makes enough sense. That's really all it needed to be. It doesn't matter that it was the peyote in, in hindsight. But yeah. it was kind of one of those Simpsons does that a lot where like by the time you like reached your high teens or whatever, you're like, oh, I get all these Simpsons references all of a sudden because they were always mm -hmm. subtle about certain things like that. Mm -hmm. but yeah. Yeah. Man. Who's your MVP, Phil? Well, Josh, I got to give it to uh, Tom yeah. Anderson just because he deserves it. Um, yeah. I feel bad for him by the end of this movie. He just he gets put through the ringer, man. And uh, yeah, I've, I've met many Tom Andersons in my life, and he's just a great character. Everything he says makes me laugh. So He is a great character and obviously the basis for Hank Hill. I mean, would you agree, Sean? Sure. Yeah. Right? No. <laughs> no? That's not the basis? No, yeah. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I, that kind of bothered me the first few years. Um, that that voice became... Because it really is Hank Hill's voice now. Like, you're not going to talk to too many people and go, Boo! and they're going to be like, yeah. oh, Tom Anderson, Beavis and Butthead, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, true. But I like Tom Anderson more. I think that it's it's a lot more funny to see him go through hell. Some kind of stuck in the air. I was in a war. I'll tell you what. And kids these days. <laughs> you just want to see that guy fall on his face because he's so ignorant. And Hank, you actually care about. So I'll, I'll take watching Tom get abused all day, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know what? What is <laughs> Tom Anderson is a combination of Hank Hill and what is his one friend's name that is like kind of bald and overweight in the show? Dale. Dale? Yeah, it's like Dale. Or it's like a Bill. it's Bill. it's a it's yeah. a it's a mixture of those two. I feel like yeah. So I feel um, like they split that character in two and created those two characters. Almost this. a little bit of con too, just because of the like bringing up that he was in the war, but also nothing like him. In the, not con cotton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just that it, it's almost like he took that character and split it into three characters for King of the Hill and then gave Hank the voice. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting. interesting. There, there's a bit of Beavis in Dell now that I think about it. In, yeah. in Bill? Dell. Dell Dribble. 
Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Um, the guy with the I, orange hat? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I would say especially for the smoking, because uh, uh, early Beavis used to smoke and stuff. Uh, that, no that, way. Um, yeah, I just thought that up a character little bit of, Beavis. of Dale. If you you ever see like there were the two pilots, Frog Baseball, and then Peace, Love, and Understanding, where they're at a monster truck show. Mm-hmm. And when they're at the monster truck show, a lot of those background characters, total prototype Boomhauer there and um, Dale. And in the tire episode, when, um, you know, we were just talking about it, but the, 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 the couple in the trailer. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I should, it's the, it is this couple, but it's not in this episode where they're calling the phone sex line. And it shows that really fat lady in the trailer. And she's the phone sex lady. I remember that her <laughs> husband sitting next to her. Is it's it's Dale Gribble just in underwear with that hat on, smoking a cigarette like this over and over um, again. Okay, yeah. I'm sure these are characters Mike Judge has had in his head for ever and drawn know. a thousand times. Yeah. you know, so that's kind of sure. what I. Yeah, his his style is kind of like kind of like what we said earlier about just his style of art in general, a slice of life character, but not exaggerate. You see the humor without exaggerating it. Like if he were to draw you, you'd be like, "Yeah, that's about right." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not too exaggerated. It's not too well done. It's just crude enough to make you be like, "Am I that ugly?" I, well, I guess it looks <laughs> like me, you know. It's yeah. Whereas like the Ren and Stimpy guy would have your nose fucking huge and stuff like that. Right. It's almost like Mike Judge's way of insulting you is just being like, "Yeah, that's pretty much it." <laughs> there you go, dude. You're just kind of boring looking. <laughs> yeah. So who's your MVP, Sean, like of this movie? Uh, that's such a hard question. Cause I would say Beavis, but you already took it. Um, you can say the same thing, dude. You can, but I mean, you know, I think Beavis carries the movie. I think it's a Beavis movie over a butthead movie. I almost feel bad for butthead in that sense. Butthead scenes are, are some of his best when they're there. But um, I think the Cornholio thing was shoehorned in a little too much by the end of the movie. I didn't think that as a kid. I was going to say that. Yes. It, it, but we know why, because it is what the show became known for. So it's like they really had to put it in. But by the end of the movie, the, the plane, that that was perfect, Cornholio. But, um, yeah, that's all you needed. Yeah. Excuse me, does the gumbo have corn in it? <laughs> Did we ever figure out the answer to that damn question? Anyway, it's a perfect, it's a perfect setup. Too. I almost made gumbo for this episode. That, oh, that would have been wow. my second pick. Wow. You know, honestly, cool. I'm, I'm going to go for Cloris Leachman and her husband. If oh, I can pick both, good pick. absolutely. I, I think her interaction with them and seeing them as very charming young men is really mm-hmm. just cute. And he yeah. only has like one or two lines. But it is one of the greatest lines when Beavis is. How do we not bring this up? Beavis's rant yeah, that we're going yeah. to score, and then he turns to that guy and he goes, "Look at this guy. He's old, and I bet he scored like a million times." And he just goes, "Oh, oh yeah." yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, that guy, if you realize in that moment, it's like that old guy is keeping up. <laughs> he knows yeah. You know, it's so good. That guy was also voiced by the head writer Christopher Brown. That's one of his few uh, voice roles in the movie. There it was just that. Oh yeah, nice. that really is one of the best moments of this movie because it's one that stuck with me too. Look oh, at this guy; he's right. probably scored a million times. Like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, look at this guy; he's a dork. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he's old, but he's probably scored a million times. <laughs> Sit down back there, buddy. Oh, and just and then the guy starts kicking his ass, and Bud just stands there and just laughs at it. You know, no, it doesn't mm-hmm. try yeah. to help him or anything. Yeah. And then that leads to the follow up of the old lady being like, "You just need to settle down," and then gives him more pills. <laughs> and, uh, um, she's. She, She's a big part of the plot device, so I almost have mm-hmm. to say Cloris Leachman, and just because her husband had that great line, I have to include him. Yeah, good pick. Great I pick, yeah. Goes, oh, a few times. Also, that voice that Christopher Brown did that, oh, yeah. That's the uh, the old man and the janitor in the series. You know how the janitor will just be like, oh, there are a couple of dumbasses. Oh, he's <laughs> almost like a haggard version of them years later. <laughs> Something. Yeah. I love that fucking voice. That's so funny. There are lots of goodies in the barn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sean, what can you tell us about the the new movie? Like, when's it coming out? What, are there <laughs> any plot details? I don't know anything about it. I've It's yeah, coming everything. out exclusively on Paramount Plus streaming network. I think it's going to get a physical release and everything. I just don't think it's going to do theaters because Hollywood's dead or something. Um but yeah, I what I know I can't I can't say too much. Uh, the movie's coming first, and then that is leading into two new seasons. Cool. Um, it's just not too much I can say, except that I know that there's a few episodes that have already started. I've talked to a few people that are getting asked to do voice roles, um, and that's nothing I heard from anybody but them. So I don't mind saying that. But one guy said that he was asked to voice Stuart. Um, so I think for a, for a while there, there was a rumor going around that the new series was going to be them as adults with kids. And I, that was very, I, I actually, Mike judge follows my Instagram and he'll talk to me every once in a while. And I hit him up about that. And his response was what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Because I know how Mike feels about that. These, they they can't score. It's the Charlie Brown, you know, earlier. It's that's what makes these two characters. That's what makes Beavis and Butthead some of the greatest characters of all time. Is what makes us love our favorite characters is their predictability. You know, they're they're so them that you can almost always see what they're gonna do coming. But that's what if you're the perfect character, it's always gonna be funny. Matt Stone and Trey Parker compared Beavis and Butthead to the Blues. They said it's the same thing over and over again, but it's always good. And I think it's like the best compliment you could say because if you sit there and watch beavis and butthead for 24 hours it is a lot of the same thing over and over again especially laughs you know um and it's i don't know i'm just going on like a rant about how they're perfect right now but you know <laughs> hey that's all good man you better yeah not i just- noted i noticed that their laughs like you don't really realize it but their laughs are just the white noise inside of their characters <laughs> because they don't really have, they don't really need that many lines. You know what no, I mean? I've, they never, just laugh. I've hung out with one person in my life that was like, I don't know how you could watch this. The, the laughs just become so grating. And I was like, Oh my God, I never thought about it. You know, it's like realizing that someone says, um, a lot or something. And then you kind of listen for it. Then I'm like, yeah. oh my God, they do just kind of laugh before and after everything they say, don't they? But as, as the goddamn humor sometimes is that sometimes yeah. that's literally all they'll respond with and it's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And it's kind of, it, I have it in me to this day where you'll like be hanging out with like a good friend 
and you'll just like walk past something or someone and you just kind of be like, Ugh. and they'll be like, <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> what was funny just about that person who walked by or like, or you'll see someone who's like a real like slug looking cat or something. You'd be like, that guy's cool. You know? <laughs> He's a loser. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. It's funny. These nachos rule. Nachos do rule all yeah. the time. Those nachos are good, man. man. I'm actually going to go home and make nachos for dinner because it is nachos day. Hey, well, you'll have I got some leftover chili. Home. I got some leftover chili, dog. Okay. So, so Sean, dude, I got to ask you <clears throat> some questions about your collection, man. You are the yeah. Beavis and Butthead collector. Um, yeah. Now, I know Josh is going to roll his eyes at me for asking the generic questions, but... I'm not going to roll my eyes. No, I know. We joked about this, but... Um, I gotta ask you, what's your favorite piece? What's the what's your your house is on fire? You can grab three things, the rest have to go. What what are you grabbing? Well, the first would be my my critters. Um uh because I have two critters um that are basically cast from the part two movie mold. They were made by Chris Hampton, who's a special effects artist who works for the Kyoto Brothers. It was cast from their mold. He made it for their Monster Palooza booth in 2017. So pretty much I own a real critter basically from the movie. It just good made. So I know that's, that's not awesome. head related, but but that that is my prized possession when it comes yeah, to cherry objects. Um, as far as my favorite piece in my Beavis collection, it, this is going to sound super lame and sentimental, but like just the fact that people care is really like as cool as the collection is itself to me. Because I really... I know Josh, I've told you, I've been doing this since I was five or six, you know? Mm -hmm. So I never thought someday someone's going to think this is cool. <laughs> you know, it was really just a, I need to do this because it's my favorite thing and it brings me a lot of comfort. And it did, especially at a young age, because I, you know, I had kind of a rough childhood and Beavis and Butthead was very much, you know, but it, be, it, it, it still makes me laugh. But when I was a kid, my God, it made me laugh. You know, remember when it used to hurt and you have the tears yeah. coming out, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Cause you're still a virgin to comedy and some of the shit they did, that blood pressure one really flipped me out as a kid. Cause I just, you always saw those and you're like, what if, and then they did it and they did it so well. And it's just like, yeah, what if there was someone just stupid enough to not press stop? <laughs> you know, it made uh, me afraid of blood pressure machines. To be honest. Answer, but um, <laughs> probably really just all the VHS as a whole is my favorite part of the collection. And, and it's hard to say that because I have, I have the artwork from the experience cover. Like I have that original painting that, uh, yeah. you know, the album. Yeah. Yeah. And that was done by Mike himself. And I got it from the creator of Geffen Records and stuff like that. You know, it's one of a kind. I have the production cells of Beavis lighting the newspapers on fire that the all the controversy was blamed on. And all that stuff, it's like the resale value is what makes those, you know, really kind of important. But I don't care about shit yeah. like that. <clears throat> so I think when I was a kid and you could only really get what your parents could afford and stuff like that, those VHS tapes were like grail. Cause it was mm -hmm. awesome and you could fucking watch the boys whenever you wanted. And yeah. we forget now that convenience used to not be fucking convenient. You know, dude, <clears throat> same those, for those. Sorry. Uh, same for those early South park tapes, you know, the ones oh. that had like 
just oh, two yeah. episodes on each tape. I used Hell to yeah, burn. Buddy, I oh, have, man. The whole other side of this is all South Park. Yeah, so, man, yeah. I used to just watch those on repeat. Like Cartman gets an anal probe and Volcano. You know, yeah, that was buddy, like the first one. Me too. Those are, <laughs> and those introductions by Matt and Trey are almost oh. better than the episodes themselves. Oh, my They're God. They're so fucking funny. <laughs> Sitting by the fireplace. Matt and Trey. Yeah, We're man. all a little oh. gay. Even old Scratch here. <laughs> you know what's funny? I watched those on repeat for like six fucking months before my friend Dan came over. And I was like, we got to watch this. You got to see the intro with the creators. And he's laughing. And I'm like, what are you, what are you laughing at right there? He's like, the dog keeps changing. And I'm like, yeah. oh. And I yeah. didn't notice. And then once he told me and I realized, I was like, oh, yeah, it even turns into a stuffed animal at one point. Like, I don't know how That's that did fucking hit for me. But uh, I don't know. There, there's just pieces that are like really like amazing and one of a kind and whatnot. But yeah, to to because we only got 11 VHS of the boys and there's 28 in total throughout countries. And of course, we, I didn't know that when I was a kid. So when I discovered those ones even existed years ago, shit, man, it wasn't easy to get things from other countries, you know, like 15 years ago, like how it is now, even with eBay, yeah. you know, like. Those other countries just weren't even posting them for sale for us, you know? So, I don't know, just the fact that I showed you that Russian fucking do America stuff, those things, man, that, that, that's like, I will never, nothing could ever take those from me. Those as far as cool. places burning, I don't know how I'm getting them all at once, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'd grab that cologne. That's like one of my favorite. Oh, the aftershave? Yeah, oh, the aftershave. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's some pickup lines on this, on the back of it. It's like, um, I can make you feel like you've never had sex before. Or I can make you feel like I've never had sex before is what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, is is there a piece out there that you're still hunting for that you just can't track down? Yeah, dude. Um, there is one VHS besides all the, you know, because I have multiple duplicates just to have every country. So I don't count that so much. But there is a love roller coaster like promo vhs and there's one guy that i know has it in australia that son of a bitch ripped me off for over 300 bucks as this was like two years ago i still have never gotten that tape that fucking sucks so bad um so i just admitted how much i'll pay for it so someone find (laughs) that fucking thing would you so it's just it's just the love roller coaster video (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what's on it it's almost like a like one of the old slips for like a blank one, but it is printed on there. It says Beavis do America. And then it has love roller coaster and some sexy, like 70s font. Ah, hmm. uh, fuck it. I would love to find that. Um, is it NTSC or pal? Like, is it an Australian tape or I think it's NTSC. I don't know how this cat got it though. Cause mm. I don't know why they would be sipping that around over there. But at the same time, there was a tour bus in other countries for do America. Like they actually had a Beavis and Butthead tour bus. There's pictures of it if you go on my page. And they'd show up and people would wear Do America shirts and Beavis hat or masks. And they'd like play music outside of that's all I know is from what I see in these pictures. So I think the the promotion in other countries is pretty extreme. So it could be a pale tape. Either way, I want it. Of course, I don't care about that. Um, right. There's a disposable camera that was only available in the Viacom store that I believe was in Illinois. And, um, you know, it's just your typical disposable camera, but on the cardboard outside, I think it has butthead holding up a camera, something like that. There's one guy I know that has it. 
he's uh he he's like in his fifties and he collects Beavis and Butthead. He's a really fucking cool guy and he lives out that way. And when the Viacom store closed, he bought all their fucking Beavis shit. It's just so fucking rad. Um, yeah. But somehow, like we we talk all the time because I have all the foreign stuff and stuff. Like I show him stuff that he never knew existed. That one thing that he has that I don't is that disposable camera. <laughs> I fucking want that. Little things like that, you know. But um, and I'm sure there's like a keychain I'm missing here, something like that. But maybe even not at this point. A few years ago, I just got to the point where it's like if I know I don't have it, I clicked it. But then by the end of that year, I was realizing I wasn't keeping track and I was buying things twice and three times and stuff. Mm -hmm. So then I kind of had to take a step back and I made a list of everything. And then that laptop fried. So I lost the list. But um, I did have a count at one point. There was was something in the thousands (laughs) because I would count every sticker, every keychain, you know, all the comic books and all that stuff. And the big I got a lot of store displays. I actually have a Do America theatrical stand coming in soon from australia that thing looks fucking gigantic yo that child's play store stand display you got was so sick um, how'd you track that thing down um there was some dude who hit me up on instagram this maybe like two years ago and he had the the sega genesis uh beavis and butt standee and he was like, I have this. And it was like fucking mint because I had one that was like torn to piece and like they wrote people's names on the shirts and stuff. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, dude, of course. And then I um, I noticed in the picture that he had like a big like stack of standees next to it. And um, pretty much he was like, I don't know anything about, you know, all the stuff we do, the VHS and all that shit. He's like, if you help me sell all the ones that you don't want, I'll give you the ones that you do. And, he, and these were all never assembled in box. I got Child's Play 2, uh, Critters, Critters 2. I got one of those Ghoulies inflatables. My God. Um, and, then I, and then I just helped him sell all the all the other shit there, and he kind of hooked me up. And um, his grandpa owned a video rental store mm-hmm. and saved all of the unopened mm-hmm. stuff. So it was one of those things that he really had no connection to and didn't really care about. And so it really just led to, hey, I have this Beavis item. And I was like, what's that shit? Oh, I'll help you sell it if you give me some of those little rubber monster movie items I like. Because that's uh, when it comes to horror, I like all the goosebumps, the R-rated goosebumps, I call them. Your critters, your ghoulies, all that shit. I fucking love all that stuff, man. I don't like that's, what they, that's what they call a jackpot. That's like, man, you got yeah. lucky there, man. That's crazy. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I uh, definitely felt it. And I'm someone who will keep all that stuff too. That's stuff I always wanted. I fucking, I didn't grow up in a video rental store, but my mom and dad split for a point and right across the street from my mom's hair shop was video rental store. And I stay there eight hour fucking shifts all day. You know, and I remember the Hellraiser stand up and things like that. Just, oh uh, man, like I love tapes, but I think I like, uh, video store promo items a little more sometimes because I, I I loved the vibe of going into the video rental store and seeing the movie cover. You know what was awesome about standees, man? They were giant pop-up books of scary shit. And yeah. Cool. Yeah, fucking love that. Sorry, get all jazzed up on <laughs> We love it, man. Bring the passion. Nah, man, you know what I'm saying? I know you got it. That's why you're on here, bud, because you know nah, you do. I love, it. nah, I love shit. this shit, man. Um. And whatnot. 
<laughs> I knew you were going to do it at least one more time. <laughs> we all have those little quirks and stuff. It's okay. Yeah, you know. I'm it VH makes, it makes us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you VH sure are, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> you know, man, I got it all locked. So. VH Sean. VH Sean. <laughs> so, I mean. VH sure. <laughs> VH sure are. Um, I think that's I think that's it. I mean, right? Yeah. Um, well, whenever the new movie comes out, we would love to have you back on to like oh, no. yeah, absolutely. talk about the new movie and that would uh, be really fun, actually. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm I'm sure you're gonna have some thoughts on it and yes. I'm gonna like it no matter what, I'll tell you that right now. I'm I'm yeah. very there's a few things like Chucky, you kind of can't fuck it up and uh I think I don't think Mike Judge would ever let Beavis and Butthead be fucked up. Before we go, did you guys like the 2011 season? Did you guys watch it? I did. Yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed those. Yeah, yeah, me too. Like it was they were great because it was the comeback. Their voices were a little different, and whatnot. But I think it proved that they're very timeless. Yeah, because they're even by the 90s, they're dated. You know, um, you weren't cool if you were wearing ACDC shirt in 1993. You were cool if you yeah. had a Nirvana shirt. Like they're they're kind of yeah. like old fogies trapped in 14 year old bodies like like um my boss i, I worked at a pharmacy i can't believe that huh and um <laughs> it's like a 93 year old man and he'd, he'd call his eggs cackleberries and he'd like insult people by being like guys a dill weed and i'm just like man and it kind of put into perspective how a lot of their slang and insults are like really old man like Fucking most are dead old man type shit, you know, butt munch and bunghole. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. No, I mean, I need to call more people dillweed. Dillweed. Oh, man. <laughs> There's like terms of like endearment, man. Like you go up to totally. someone, you're like, how you doing, fart knocker? It's like, man, I think that guy loves me. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Hell yeah. I'm good, butt munch. And you realize that you're friends. Well, anything else you want to get out there, Josh? Any other questions? No? Um, I think we've covered it all. I think we have yeah, covered it all, man. <laughs> uh, maybe a little later. <laughs> um, dude, this has been a lot of fun, man. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You were our first guest, and we would love to have you back. Man. I really am the first? You are the first guest we've had on. Oh, my God, man. Snack I feel bad for everyone who follows me. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, Communities. Man, but... uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, really, you guys are fucking awesome. Uh, uh, this really is a blast. It's always a blast to talk about my favorite thing with people who give a shit. So thank you. It's always an honor, dude. Hell yeah, yeah for sure. Hell yeah, well, Josh. We, I'll see you in a few days. I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah, like a week, dog. Yeah, we're we'll gonna see VH you in ATL or with each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I hope so because it's gonna be a lot of fun. And uh, hopefully we drink a lot of V8 while we're watching Ninja 3. That'll be fun. V8 so. juice? Oh, yeah. V8 what, juice. is that like a reference to the movie? It is a reference to the movie. And uh, oh, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pour it on you. Okay? You're I'm going to pour it all over you. I'm going to pour it in your beard. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to pour it on your beard and your butt. and all this. <laughs> I'm going to pour it on your collection. And then you you're want me to bring me you up. some juice? Yes, please. Oh, yeah. Bring I'll bring you some juice, my man. Bring me oh. a Fago. You know what? Because I know that you're legit. I'm gonna bring you a red pop, dude. Yeah, I need. I need it. I need the essential. That's what I need. You're right. So. It soothes the throat. Yeah. Cool. VH soothing. 
<laughs> so what are, what are we doing next, Phil? Oh, man. Oh, uh, we got to... Dude, November is already like creeping up. We got to do son-in-law and planes, trains, and automobiles. Those are the two that I absolutely want to do. It's our yeah. our Thanksgiving movies. So yeah, I think my dad's favorite movie. Rest in peace. Hey, rest in peace, man. It's good good favorite movie to have. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, he loved that weasel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, son-in-law, son-in-law, and planes and trains. So planes, trains. Oh, so we're gonna be dead. busy. You guys, have you? seen Polly Shore is dead. I have. It's been many years. Yeah, but... so it was new. Yeah. I hear you guys discuss that one myself. Oh, <laughs> uh, we'll have to bring it up when we talk because son in law, you know, it's an all encompassing like, you know, weasel think, fest. Yeah, so. it's like the <laughs> settle down, Josh. <laughs> I can't. I can't settle down. So yeah, I think son in law's next week, and then it'll be planes trains for Thanksgiving week. Hooray. Oh yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> Can I get it some tongue? What? <laughs> well, tell you what? Get a real <laughs> job. <laughs> oh boy! All right. Well, we are going to go ahead and uh, sign you off here. Never heard of dead air. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Sean. Well, thanks for coming on, man. This uh, I think this might end our little video here, so we'll just. Hey, much love to both of you, really. You too, bro. Thank you for being here. Really appreciate it. Much love, man. All right.